right. Hello and welcome to Three Friends and a Book. I am Holly, and as always, I'm joined by two of my really good friends. First up, we have Caroline. What's up? <laughs> Glad to be here. The English teacher who teaches me things every day. I just learned something new just a minute ago that we'll talk about. And my other good friend, Janine. Hey, y'all. The librarian. And I'm the history teacher. <laughs> Um, we're back. Labels, labels. Are those labels? Are so much more than a librarian. Those are our jobs, though. Oh my gosh, those are our jobs. Are you saying I don't teach you things every day? You do teach me. Kind of what she said, <laughs> but she literally just taught me what a dainty mall is. <laughs> a, a, a dainty mall? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is it? Dainty mall. What? Dainty mall. I don't even know. It's French. I know. Um, and I've mall. never heard. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before in my life. Maybe I haven't. I just didn't pay attention to English class. There's a funny story about that. I'll tell another time. Okay. Um, So we're back um, for this podcast. And as always, just to remind everybody, we like to pick books and read them. We have done this for years. And so that's why we started this podcast, to maybe share our love of books and our love of talking about books with the world. Um, But we also really love the quote from Hannah Arendt that says, The things of the world become more human for us only when we can discuss them with our fellows. We humanize what is going on in the world and in ourselves only by speaking of it. In the course of speaking of it, we learn to be human. So this month, we took a look at the book, An American Marriage, by Thierry Jones. We picked this book because, like all of us, we saw it in different places. We often kind of brainstorm about what books we're going to read. And we all saw it. And then she came to Memphis, right? And she did a, a Q&A with the Southern Literary, Literary Arts Center, I think. Mm-hmm. At the Orpheum. Um, at the Orpheum. And so we decided that we were going to take a look at it. And Caroline, you read it first. And that almost never happens. I know. Well, but it did this time. It was it I was inspired by you because you I think it was like this a Saturday you texted us and said I cannot put this down. It's true. And then Sunday, I think less than 24 hours later, you're like I finished it. And what was your on uh, your also what what was your response to the book? Do you remember I, what you said to us? No, I don't remember what I said, but I know but I still think that this is one of the best books I've read in years. And it was so, it was so powerful at the end. I had to like, I I cried You said, yeah, and I could have wept, but I, but you know, that's the phrase you used with us. You said, yeah. Um, Cause I think like Riley was sitting in the living room with me or something. So I tried to hold (laughs) it in, but, um, and it was a book that made me not want to read another book for a while. Like I straight up needed to just sit with this book for, Days and days and days because it was just so it was just too much. Yeah, and I picked it up and read it and read the first part of it really quickly, but then got scared about what was going to happen. And I put it down for a couple of days because I was afraid of what was going to happen. In the end, that's a good book. Yeah, when it gets when it gets you that when it gets you that uh, much, I was worried about all of them. It's like I didn't, you know, you care about these characters really quickly. Excuse me. Yeah, I read it maybe too fast. I was excited to keep reading and now just flipping back through it I, I i'm remembering so many of the things that i enjoyed about it and wish i had savored it a little bit more yeah and so janine you told us an interesting story that we caroline and i didn't know about how she came up with the idea for this book yeah i was just 
doing a little bit of background reading and um, in many of her interviews she talks about being in a mall and overhearing a conversation between a man and a woman and the the woman is saying to the man Roy you know you never would have waited for me seven years or something along those lines and so thus the book was born yeah if you haven't read the book I would personally recommend you pause this podcast and read it right away right now it's so fantastically wonderful that you would just I think you'd be sorry to have the spoilers that are about to come definitely good warning good warning to people spoilers abound it is it surprised me Mm -hmm. many times Mm -hmm. throughout the book (laughs) (laughs) holly looked at me like there was more to that but it was just that there there were many unexpected things to happen yeah i thought i I often thought it was headed in one direction and then was very wrong well what's one of the things you guys thought was going to happen i was particularly surprised by the i mean i guess at the, the end Uh, This just seems so obvious now that I'm saying it out loud. But um, I, of course, I didn't know. I really didn't know what would happen with the marriage. I suspected that it probably wasn't going to work. I was really surprised when Roy ended up going back with, what's her name? Davina. Thank you. With Davina. I was surprised about Um, that, too. So that. That's one thing that pops into my mind that really shocked me. I thought in the end, I mean, I don't know if they're both happy. I think they, I think especially Celeste, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Georgia, because that's what he also calls her. I think maybe I worry about her. I worry that she's, I think we kind of talked about that. Maybe she's just like a, fa- a fatally flawed person. She's going to, she's kind of, I don't want to say destined for unhappiness, but I think, I feel like that's a, a part of her character. I was surprised in the end. I thought he, it was, everything for him was just going to be tragic. Like in the end, it was just going to be alone in misery and what have you. But in the end, he ended up marrying this girl. And I mean, I don't know if they're happy in the end. I didn't anticipate things ending well for him. Mm. Yeah. I was even, I, and this is completely silly, but... I was so shocked in the moment of his arrest when I yep. turned that page mm-hmm. and you and I, I think we're supposed to be shocked in that moment that even if you've read the jacket and you kind of know what what's that this is that something along these lines is coming we're engrossed in the relationship that's forming mm-hmm. in an early in the early part of a marriage and some secrets being shared in in the, these moments, and then all of a sudden, yep. a door is remembered to be kicked in. Celeste says she remembers it being kicked in, but back when everyone, like in court or something, when they would talk about it, they said no, they used one of those plastic keys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's interesting. The that her the moment of them getting. The door gets kicked in. He's accused of raping a woman, and they're both forced. She, uh, Celeste and Roy are forced outside. They like shove him down on the ground, mm-hmm. and like that was such a shocking moment to me. But I was like, "But what about their fight? Like, yeah. I want to know how all this ends, you know." And so I think we are supposed to um, feel some smidgen of how how they are affected. 
It reminded me, just as you talking about it, it reminded me of, remember the first podcast we did, the first book with Small Great Things? Remember the incident where the doors kicked in in their apartment and how they're treated? Do you guys remember that at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten. Yeah. I can't remember the character's name. It was the African-American um, family and their doors kicked in and how they were treated. That, it reminded me of, of that. Because I think she she is, I mean, she has said, the author has said, she she is making a point about incarceration what did i read something about what that she said something about just um that she had been studying injustice in the criminal justice system yeah and how race was a factor yeah, in that race was a factor in that yeah so that there's no question that this book came out of so she went to harvard right and like she was studying or learning about that at, mm-hmm. at harvard and so this book was you know was also born out of an interest and a certain knowledge that she had yeah um, as well um, but it it also is m- more so is I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know about this yeah. you know relationships because when it's I first a love story because when I first picked up the book <clears throat> that was kind of what I'd read about her and that's what I kind of went in thinking that that was going to be the main point of the book was about criminal justice system and, and black communities and what have you but it is it's more than that it is about relationships about marriage <laughs> And American marriage. And and that was just a, a part. Well, you know, but it's also about how relationships are impacted by that, by the injustices and the, and the choices that are that people have to make when their loved ones are incarcerated for the wrong reasons or the wrong people are accused or they're convicted on technicalities and the choices that families and people have to make in that. Mm-hmm. Another thing, Tiari... Thierry Jones said um, about that in particular that I just picked up and I was trying not to read too much. I was skimming through some things trying to just gather my thoughts and like repick up character names and stuff like that. But one of the things I just couldn't help but jot down is she says that that kind of injustice is just something that African-Americans just live with. Mm-hmm. Like a person on the East Coast lives with the threat of hurricanes. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I thought that was a really interesting way to put it. Yeah really helpful way to put it and and these so this that this happening to this particular group couple this particular couple of african-americans who um how do they describe how does he describe them they're like um what was the spinoff show from the cosby show a different world, different world. Oh, <laughs> i never did watch that, that they're a different world 2.0 <laughs> that's it yeah he, he says that early on and and i love some of the language that um you know he, he is her muse but he is also what affords her ability to be an artist yeah and um so his work allowed her to uh what was it um to sit to sit down or to oh he he says that he he is able to sit you down which is like an old-fashioned way of saying oh, you don't have to work yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it was. He tells her, I'm going to, I get to sit you down or something like that, which means you go and be an be artist. Creative, yeah. You don't have to be a waitress <clears throat> or have some temp job or whatever because he is on the come up. A provider, re- really, yeah. Yeah, and so one of the things we were talking about as we were preparing for the podcast just a little bit ago was the idea of the um, hero journey, and you were talking about that. And what his, that he was prior to this arrest, 
an up-and-coming guy. He was working hard. He was a businessman, and they had a plan, and their future was in front of them, but then it was cut cut off by this by this arrest. What's so great about all of these characters, for, for me, I guess, that one of the things I love the most is they're so round and real. There's a kind of honesty that she... Um, bravely portrays as she develops these characters because they are just they have all of these super likable qualities but then all of these um flaws Mm -hmm. and it's not that other characters don't come off that way too but for whatever reason for me this felt different so i felt such a connection to these characters because they just they felt like people i know i saw i very quickly saw myself Mm -hmm. in you know, in the their realness. So I never felt like I wanted to judge them as harshly because they felt like real people to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that he was all of those things, but then he was also this guy who was, who had all these secrets yeah. mm-hmm. and, and you never know exactly to what extent he has some like maybe suspected um, infidelity, mm-hmm. maybe not. You don't really know if he's just a flirt or if he's yeah. really seeing things through or how often that's happened. Then he's he's kept some secrets about his family mm-hmm. from her. Um, and, I, you know, I just, so I think he is this kind of tragic hero in that regard. Um, Janine was saying she had read, read something about the author suggesting that Roy was an Odysseus character. Mm-hmm. So we were just, I was trying to think that all the way through. I'm like, well, you know, a tragic hero is someone who is, um, has a position, not necessarily of power, but a, um, a lofty position in some way, shape or form, which he was, you could argue would apply to him, Mm -hmm. but also has this tragic flaw that, and the tragic flaw contributes to the downfall. The tragic flaw generally creates a, a lapse of judgment, that cre- that contributes to you know a downfall in, in some way, shape, or form, and that's so complicated because if that if his for example his suspected infidelities are complicated because uh, Celeste is a woman who does not want to be necessarily conquered or married even really right so but she is very much in love with him and is definitely hurt by the thought of infidelities yeah. and mm-hmm. so it would be that is much complicated by the fact that she is the child of an infidelity and of a second marriage that be- that becomes very happy seeming right yes it was, it was happy right yeah. and so um and so all of that is so complicated for her and you um on the one hand that she becomes it becomes very understandable why she would have some of the feelings that she has and simultaneously frustrating that she is sometimes very selfish yeah. or complicated in some ways. It just feels that all feels so real. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of questions we don't know the answer to and a lot of details that are left out, which also just feels very real, um, you know, in terms of being a, the stuff that she doesn't know about her parents' mm-hmm. relationship, yeah. which she couldn't know. You know, she probably, she really wouldn't know. So all that feels very real. Um, the other big shock, one of the other big shocks for me was her, she is this really interesting character. I might have to read it again, read the book again, just to study her because 
she felt very selfish to me the the whole way through. Um, so I was really surprised at the end when she made the decision to have the relationship with Andre. I thought we were headed in a direction where we ha- would have this woman finding the strength to to just go it on her own. I really thought... Oh, without either of them. I thought she oh. was going to choose n- neither man okay. in the end, and she was going to go have this fantastic career mm-hmm. as this really great artist. You know, she she spends so much time talking about how she doesn't want to be married and how she doesn't want to have children. And um, so, I don't know. Maybe she set me up to, to yeah. be surprised there. Well, well, I didn't... That surprises me that you that you... Because in the end, I mean, if we go off her being really selfish, I almost feel like Dre was the really selfish choice. Like, he was easy. Roy's complicated. Well, I mean, I know that we get more of Roy than we get of Dre yeah. in the book. And I don't, I did not want her to end up with Dre because it seemed too too simple. There there was a moment when my That's mind what I changed. Mean. Yeah. Be, because I felt like, oh, they really do have something that works for them. And so... Maybe I'm just judging it too harshly because he was this childhood friend and and that just seems too easy. Mm -hmm. So I I still haven't, I I don't have any conclusion about that, but I do, but I did not, I wanted her to be, to to go off and be independent, you know, and that makes me, do you guys remember Tamar at the end of the book? We haven't talked about her at all since we've been talking about this. She's her protege. In her, um, you know, yeah. she has the shop in downtown Atlanta with the dolls. Poupes. Poupes. And um, she, there's a woman who works for her, and she is a single mother. Mm-hmm. She has a, a yeah. baby, and she's an artist. And, and so it's kind of like, and there's, there's a lot, several times in the book, she's referred to as like a younger version of Celeste, mm-hmm. or they even looked similar or something like that. And... Um, I think we can compare the two and see, like, oh, she's someone who can be independent, but Celeste because wasn't made that way. Ultimately, in the end, we talk about Celeste being independent, but everything she accomplished, like, she needed help. Like, she she really didn't do a lot. I mean, yes, she's creative, but it was her dad's money who, and it was, who started the shop, and it was... Um, Roy's ideas, like, like like his business plan, his of. business plan. So ultimately, yeah, she's independent, but she had had to have. I mean, I'm not saying independent people can't have help, but you know what I mean. Like ultimately, in she was really dependent on these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good point. Maybe that's like some kind of alternate, all, ultimate form of selfishness. Is you know to kind of I don't know claim to be this independent person or you know but and and not recognize that no one really it's not the way success really happens mm-hmm. it always happens with you know with a, with a ton of help i was i That's was surprised point. when she tried for one night to maybe be with roy again mm-hmm. like i did not think guilt yeah mm-hmm. I, and so that surprised me so in the end ultimately her going to dre just felt like the the selfish, easy, because we don't know a lot about Dre, but what we do know is he loves her. Like yeah. he talked about, like he's loved her since they were little. Yeah. They were next door neighbors and, you know, it maybe, was comforting. As you say that, it makes, it makes a little more sense for me because so 
we see how Roy suffers in prison, mm-hmm. right? Like we we are able to see that more. And Celeste is being successful and maybe it's not quite as easy to see though we do some how she suffers mm-hmm. in his absence. Um especially and, in the first letters. Yeah, yeah. And if the book is part of the book is about the ripple effect of that, like needing to understand how when someone is wrongly imprisoned the you know how that ripples out and the number of lives that that affects Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um in really tragic ways so her choice to take easy and comfortable maybe makes a lot of sense given the seven years that even though she's been like artistically and financially successful she's struggled emotionally psychologically you know, and so maybe that makes it makes sense that she like settles. I don't know if that's the right word for it in this easy choice, given what she just had like ripped apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, presumably, they would have worked that argument out. I don't know mm-hmm. how y'all feel about like that. Like, would the marriage have sustained? I do. I mean, it's this big secret that he kept, but ultimately, I don't think that w- that secret of his dad. The man that she knew to be his dad was not really his dad. I mean, that's a big secret, but I don't know if that would have, in the end, ripped them apart. It feels like, though, that's an inherent secret about his unwillingness to be fully honest with her about who she, who he is mm-hmm. because of some um, lack of esteem on his own part about who he is. Like, she will... his So ultimately becomes a lack of belief in her he doesn't think that she is a good enough person to um get beyond the fact that he um is is do you i do i think that yeah i guess my only thing about that was he often talked about her family and the money and the you know they're pretty affluent family was it you know, was it about him? And he felt like he couldn't, like where he came from was no, couldn't, you know what I mean? Like couldn't compete with where she came from. Right. So what is it about him? I think it starts with him and he yeah. definitely has that flaw, but in a, in a relationship, you was, yeah. the idea is that. If you can't per- tell somebody it's because you, yeah, you don't trust them. Yeah. That was just, I just feel like I should pay you $60 for therapy session for that last comment I'm not even kidding I've never quite thought about it that way all the secrets I keep <laughs> what I'm talking about sorry everybody it's all about me really all the secrets that I keep oh man so the big secret that is kind of the guiding thing in the book that he he is not the the son of Roy Hamilton, right? He is he is the son of Walter, Walter. or his what he calls his biological, mm-hmm. who he ends up meeting in prison and being cellmates with. Yeah, being cellmates <laughs> with in prison, and he gets all kinds of advice from him, all kinds of fatherly advice, but um, but he. It's interesting that that's the thing that moves so much of the action in the book because he, the only reason they were in that hotel is because when they went to stay in Louisiana, they didn't stay at his, um, with his mom, with Olive and Big Roy. 
because they he wanted to be in the hotel so he could say it was the hotel where he was conceived right mm-hmm. with Walter where mm-hmm. Olive and Walter conceived him and so he wanted to be there so what a weird set of circumstances that they're there he they have an argument he leaves the room he ends up meeting a woman at the um an older woman I yeah. assumed older yeah I just, or maybe didn't assume maybe it says older but at the ice machine he goes and helps fix something in her room and then she's the one who accuses him of rape later so all so much of the plot revolves around his that secret and the fact that walter's in his life and then jump to later well and plus he's at the ice machine because they got in a fight and Mm -hmm. they did this what was it november 27th i don't know but i love that they took a time out yeah Mm -hmm. before anybody said anything you know regrettable they decided to walk away for 15 minutes is the date they met or something like something that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. It's a good idea. Yeah, so long as, as during your time out, you don't get accused of rape. rape. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you probably shouldn't go back to a. I mean, on the one a hand, strangers. Well, I think that's part of the point of the situation, mm-hmm. right? It's like there are plenty of us who could go back to a stranger's room and help out in some way, mm-hmm. and it would never be a problem. Especially if it was but an a older black lady. man, a yeah. black man cannot do that without fear of an accusation like that still to this day i mean that's think about that Mm -hmm. and so so there becomes this this kind of gross suggestion like oh well he had the audacity to think that he could do that and not expect consequence and that's just so gross it is it is like then later in the book it is the knowledge that Roy is with Walter in prison and that they know each other and he knows who his dad is that event that ultimately kills mm-hmm. Olive when she's sick like yeah. Celeste goes and tells her and that's so hard to figure out what's that really going is on hard because they have she explained it to Roy but then big Roy said something different to little Roy like he thought she did it on purpose right he thought Celeste did it on purpose mm-hmm. to be hurtful to yes. Olive um, Whereas Celeste explained it as, no, I was trying, like, she was suffering and I was trying to let her know that it was okay, that yeah. he met him and it turned out okay. Yeah. Was that her explanation? I think so, for the most part. Okay. I just can't remember. I, yeah, that that is, I think the reason why that's hard to remember is because it's complicated to unpack no matter what. Like, what what was her real motive there? Um even if she says it was positive, was it? Because she, and, she right. and Olive have a very contentious relationship, for sure. There's never comfort there. And um, she is m- much affected by a slap Olive gives her at some point. Yeah. That still burns on her face. Have you all ever been slapped? Yeah. I mean... Not. I mean, I mean, slapped on the cheek by someone's hand, mm-hmm. like slapped yes. upside the face. Oh, yeah, my mom's done that. <laughs> oh, God, I was slapped. Kathy has slapped one me time. Kathy will be super happy to, to have that. On a, it does. I, I think my sister I slapped me, really too. I really relate to that. Like, I was slapped one time by my dad, and it was because I called my mom a bitch. And he slapped me like in that moment and said, mm-hmm. don't ever talk to your mom like that. And I still can feel that slap. Yeah. I can't remember why she slapped her, though. She Oh, okay. Um, I, I do know this. She It was one of the times they had met at the casino, and so I'm trying to remember that. So Celeste would go visit Roy in prison, 
Right, and then they would meet. He, she would go and meet Olive at the, like at a halfway point yes. or something. They'd have dinner or something like that. Yes, and um, her mom was with her. So um, Gloria, her mom was with her. Gloria gets up, goes to the bathroom, and um, Olive reaches over and slaps her across the face because she'd been gone too long. She hadn't been around in a while, and she starts to cry. And Olive says, you don't get to cry. Oh, yeah. I've been through harder things just this morning. You don't get to cry. And are we, is she sick? Is that, has she found out that she's sick there? I wonder. Um, anyhow, but it changes her. There's, there's a, there is a change that happens to her in that moment. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just a, it, it kind of, falls in line with it's one of the first moments where she starts to, where she realizes the choice she is going to make mm-hmm. i mean maybe that's the change it's like mm-hmm. she finally you know it just becomes so clear that you can't ignore it anymore mm-hmm. that that i'm i'm headed down the road to i'm, I'm not going to support this man mm-hmm. um in the way he needs and wants me to or um, even in the way you know she was really impacted by um, Roy and Olive's marriage, especially after Olive died, mm-hmm. like she, yeah, she that's saw I mean. their relationship and was like, "That's not that's not what I have with Leroy," and and we're never gonna have that. Yeah, I think so. I think that might be part of the title the the idea of an American marriage. There's no such thing. No. There's there is. Um, Roy and Olive, who have this like deep devotion to each other that spans decades, and when she dies and he's burying her, finishing the the burial oh, of her on scene. his own. Oh, that scene, y'all! I mean, it's it's just so evident the loss that's felt there. Um, or her parents' marriage, which come, you know, which feels also very passionate and very much out of like worth worth the complicated way they came into it or something like that. And her um, lack of marriage to Dre, which is a communion instead mm-hmm. of a marriage, and then his marriage to Davina, which works in its way, that they're, that we over, oversimplify the idea of what a, what a marriage is. It just made me, like as you were talking, yeah, I was thinking about the uh, George H.W. Bush and, Bar- oh, and, and Barbara I, just died. That's what was just going and she was, on. And they were married too. for 73 years. And, you know, even last night, Anna Claire and I went to P.F. Chang's. And this little couple came out. And the man went to the car door and opened up the side for her and shut it. And I was like, oh, look at that. That idea of an American marriage. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. That's not much different than you and Drew, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, I'm sorry that was that was loud. That was really loud. <laughs> that made me laugh. Hey, um, is there anything else we want to talk about about the book? And then we can do we can do our what else we're doing, and then we got to roll. I don't know. I think anything else, you guys. I've been sitting here trying to find. So, it. I, have you all heard about? Is this being made into a movie? Is that a rumor that I heard? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm it not- would make a fan. I do too. The casting needs to be spot on, though. I hope they'll consult me. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the only thing we have to say is that we that we haven't gotten into is the ending. So the 
it's not the very beginning of the book that begins in letters, but we learn most about their of their relation. Most of the details from their relationship come from letters they write when he first goes to jail, mm-hmm. and then the book ends with letters between them and their willingness to let jealousies mm-hmm. fall away yeah. and their willingness to have grace for one another. Though it doesn't seem like much of what I've seen in my own experience not me personally but like in the world i don't see this happen very much it's it's awfully beautiful yeah that they could write letters to each other and ask as caroline you didn't like that because she was um pregnant and she asked him and said we like almost kind of a desperate like will you please please pray for us um and you didn't think that was fair i don't know i don't not fair no really try to avoid that word because you know life ain't fair (laughs) But I thought it, I just thought it was selfish. I, I suppose it's right in line with her character yeah. pretty much the whole way through, and maybe she does it because he's offered her grace as well. Yeah, and um, they just take those years and make them into a foundation for something yeah. that's not what it started out mm-hmm. trying to be, but it's also not nothing, and that is beautiful. I guess it is not not a marriage. Even though it is officially an ended marriage, it is still, I don't know, maybe there's yeah. there's something to that. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, it, and to be able to embrace, you don't know, that's just hard to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, with, with hurt and pain and grief and yeah. all of that often just manifests into ugliness all the mm-hmm. way around. So it's just really hard to take hurt and pain and grief and figure out a way... And I mean, we don't see them go to therapy or anything. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> like, figure out a way mm-hmm. to offer grace to yeah. the people who hurt you the most. Um, it's pretty amazing. It's it's beautiful to see. It's a beautiful example. So, is there something to the idea that so much of what happens to them is because of a, a culture and events totally beyond their control? Yes. Mm-hmm. And although in our own lives we would not have those similar things that are beyond control, beyond our control, but that there's, um, there is a lesson to be learned about not evaluating any relationship we have based on what we've done or when we've been selfish or how we feel, but, well, let's also take into account all of the stuff that happened in any relationship and make sure that that's taken into account instead of you're jealous, I'm selfish, whatever, you yeah. know? And I, I, I don't think we do that. I don't think anybody, I, I, I don't know that being done very often. Not very often. Yeah. It's, um, you know, yeah, not very often. It's just hard to hard, hard for us to step out of that, I yeah. guess. But, both characters, their clear moments at the end of the novel when I guess all three characters could have forced things mm-hmm. to happen to get for sure what what they, want. what they wanted or so much just like make it into a picture of what they wanted or something um, and the, and they just choose not to do that and um it is, it, you know, now that you say that, yeah, all three of them. I mean, even Dre, when she said, go home, he just went home. Yeah. He didn't fight. 
read this book. Read it, If you y'all. haven't read it. Okay, Josie Campbell. <laughs> Friend of the pod, Josie Campbell. Well, let's end the show then with what else have we been doing? I know that um, I have not been reading that much, to be quite honest with you. But Caroline and I both saw, and you haven't seen it yet, have you? Mm-mm. Black Panther. I can't believe you haven't seen it. I know. It's weird. So I've been watching a few movies and a few TV shows here. To be honest with you, I have not been doing much at night besides going to sleep and working and hanging out with my kid. But um, I need to be, I need to pick up a book. Summer's almost here. I know. But Black Panther for sure. Caroline and I both saw that and we both loved it. I really can't say enough good things you guys should just podcast you should do a show an episode just on that just on black Panther. i would like that would give me a reason to go see it again because oh. i really like to see it again um and i just thought about pay. you a lot in it and you should watch it i'm it's going good. to I'm, of course i'm going to because you know caroline a lot of her curriculum is about monsters mm. um frankenstein and beowulf and have you and there definitely is a lot of that language in there about um how monsters are created and we get the monsters we deserve and they so much they kind of said that in the book like Mm -hmm. we created this guy killmonger oh in the movie Mm -hmm. yep Mm -hmm. so if you haven't seen black panther go see that and and just and aside from like the all of the important moral it's just lessons awesome. it's just flipping awesome like the all of the technology stuff his his sister mm-hmm. i can't remember anybody's names but his sister who's in charge of all of his like costumes and weaponry is my favorite character in the whole movie and um i love it all yeah i want one of those suits that like stores energy and yeah. then you can bounce people oh, off of you. yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's just some great, great scenes. Like there's a, there's really cool fighting scenes where they're like floating through the air and they keep fighting yeah. while they're floating through the oh, air. Yeah. It's so good. It's really good. The special effects are awesome. Yeah. What about you, Janine? Seen any good movies or read anything else lately? Well, I will say that I have I had to break a rule. Part of the reason I haven't seen Black Panther is because of a rule where I was like, I'm not going to see any movies involving superheroes. And I made that sort of declaration because I'm sick of the super, like everything's a superhero movie anymore. Every show is about superheroes. But I did it at a really dumb time. Like, don't do that a month before. Like, like after after Wonder Woman, I was like, okay, I'm I'm good. And when you have like a six, seven year old boy in your house, you can't swear off superheroes for many a year. Well, it's true. It's just true, true. I just it was it was a terrible time to have have made that declaration. Similarly, I made a declaration that I was not going to read any books that had girl or woman in the title. <laughs> I love this so much. But what book are you reading right now? Or oh, what did you just finish? I just finished called? The Woman in the Window. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. My book club chose it one day when I was absent from book club. Even and if, even if I had been there, I likely would have been outvoted. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, look at titles of books published in the Excuse last me. three years yeah it's a trend ever since gone girl, gone girl it's yeah. all women the woman on the train they're in their trend they all have this many of them many of the ones that i have read are all they have the similar characteristic of you don't know what if the narrator the woman or the girl can be trusted because she is boozed up or a liar or crazy uh, yeah unclear what's what's going on uh okay it's true. I just feel like we've been there and we've covered that ground. I will say 
there was a moment in the woman in the window that I did not see something that was coming. I was you like, didn't. oh, okay, that surprised Wait, did, me. You read that one, right? Uh-huh. Well, that's how, because I said, oh, I read this. Do you want to read it? And she was like, I'm not reading books with woman, the word woman in the title. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. That was fair. Um, and so then, but then her book club chose it, so she had to read it. <laughs> That's but it was it was a it was super cliche in a lot of ways, and not really super original. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were, um, well, there was one thing that I uh, you know I didn't see coming, and so it was a pleasant little pleasant little surprise was it the same thing it wanted made me want to drink red wine well, all the time that's though. what i remember she you said wine nonstop, all the time and all i could think of man was i just wanted to drink and drink and drink <laughs> the the wine headache that i would have if i drank that much red but wine. see what we never are able to do is just wake up and start drinking again <laughs> the true. headache goes away really quickly <laughs> i think <laughs> If you just wake up and start drinking again, but we never, like, we don't have any days like that, right? Right, right. She's just literally, she'd wake up in the morning and just like. Maybe you should do an experiment this summer. Well, I mean. For science. For science. Crazy stuff happens, though, when you're drunk all the time, too. So I think the book makes that argument. Like, it's not (laughs) a good idea. That's pretty clear. The woman who drank wine all the time. It's not a good. She has, just to defend her, she had some straight up really, really bad things. Not even, that's, that's major understatement super tragic things happened to her so i would probably drink red wine too all the time if that had happened to me have you read or watched anything besides black panther caroline um (laughs) uh, well right right now i'm reading the book that y'all gave me for my birthday called tangerine are we going to do that for our next and uh it's good is it i'm enjoying it what's the name the author tangerine I don't know. I don't remember either. Okay. Um, I'm going to look that up. Y'all talk. Filler space. I have several. Like, I feel like there was a period where there I couldn't find something that I wanted to read a whole lot. And now I'm back and like, oh, like, there's this, there's this, there's this. Uh-huh. And that makes me happy. There's a new Meg Wolitzer oh, out nice. that I'm super interested in. It's There's a like a young feminist and an older feminist who clash in it. That just sounds really good. I think I was just reading something. Was it in this paper Sunday? I bet it was in the paper Sunday. I just read something about that. Christine Mangan. Does that sound like the author's name? I didn't even look at the author. Let me finish it. Because I'm about, like I'm just past halfway and it's still... It is Christine Mangan. I have no idea... Where, where it's headed. So let me finish it before I recommend we do it. Mm-hmm. Let me see. So maybe we'll do that one. It did. One of my suspicions were it was, was validated last night. Oh, <laughs> I was reading. Um, I picked up The Last Segregated Hour. It's about the Neelan, Neelan movement during the Civil, War, Civil Rights Movement. And it focuses a lot on Memphis. Oh, cool. Second Prez how independent press started mm. and it's pretty fascinating mm-hmm. and it's a lot of stuff that i feel like maybe i knew bits about but did not know a lot about mm-hmm. um and so i picked that up and i've been i started that last night so really i have not read much of anything um but i picked that up last night but i even read it for like five minutes and started to fall asleep I'm having a hard time staying awake at night yeah <laughs> I've, I've been reading the same five pages kind of over mm-hmm. and over the last few nights you read red sparrow though didn't you holly <clears throat> that was a while ago oh was back in February. i don't think i knew that um would you recommend it 
I did finish it. I was trying to think if I finished it. I think it's long. It is. And I think I got to the last, not even third, but maybe like last little bit of it, maybe like 15% of it. And it lost, like it it lost my interest. First part of it, I loved because a lot of it is because I teach history and we talk a lot about Russia. We talk a lot about the Soviet Union and a lot of the modern day stuff that's going on, like Putin's in it. And it was fascinating to me because the guy who wrote it used to be a CIA informant. And so he knows all this really cool uh, stuff. And so it's a fictionalized version. I think version. I would enjoy that. It's a fictionalized version of what he what he basically lived out. But there's two other books, and I have it's a trilogy. Yeah. And so I haven't picked up, um, and I haven't watched the movie either. That was the whole point because Jennifer Lawrence is in yeah. it. And I love her. Yeah. Um, and I haven't watched the movie yet either. Um, but I forgot that I read that. That was back in February when I had the flu. I was on like a flu induced haze, and I saw it on the Kroger shelf, and I was like. Jennifer Lawrence, I'm going to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed in the New York Times book review last week, there was an interview with Comey and book about his book, books on his nightstand, and what book is is the most realistic interpretation. And it said Red Sparrow. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so that part of it, it was towards the end, though. The story just kind of drug out, and I got a little, I lost some steam in the end. I forgot about that. Okay. Anybody else? Anything? Anything else we need to talk about, people? Nope. All right. Well, that is it. So we'll, um, maybe Tangerine, maybe that's what we'll look at next. We'll see what old Caroline suggests, if she suggests that one. If not, then just be a surprise. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Well, we'll give them a heads up. Like Kind of like you gave a heads up about I this. Did. I thought that was a good idea. Yo, so I have been trying to be better about social media on Facebook and Instagram, mainly Facebook. So we are on Facebook, so if you want to check that out, do it. Like us. And then we kind of give, give you a couple weeks out we'll let you know what book we're doing if you want to read along yeah jersey campbell all right (laughs) y'all have a good one thank you thank you why don't i say thank you see you next time bye